the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. We want to thank you so much for joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Carol is the past chair of the board of directors of the National Council on the Aging. She's been a member of the Ray's Family Caregiving Advisory Council under the Federal Department of Health and Human Services. Carol has a master's degree in social gerontology with nearly 30 years' experience in the field of aging and caregiving, and she was one of Next Avenue's top 50 influencers on aging. She's also executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. And Carol Zorniel, it's great to see you. Great to have you on. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's great to be here, Ron. And we're going to take up a topic that I know is near and dear to your heart. It's breaking down stereotypes of aging. And Mark Middleton is joining us. He's founder and CEO of Growing Boulder, a media entrepreneur, broadcast journalist, author, and speaker. He focuses on the changing culture of aging, a multi-Emmy Award winner, and a whole lot more. And Mark Middleton, thanks for coming on board Caregiver SOS On Air. Thank you, Ron. It's my pleasure. Hello to you, and uh, hello, uh, Carol. It's, uh, it's great to be with you guys today. It's interesting that someone in broadcasting, as you are, uh, tackles the whole question of stereotypes of aging, because in your field, if you're a guy, you can grow old on TV and in TV news, and if you're a woman, it's a real challenge. I think it's a real challenge for women in general, but but the other side of that equation, Ron, uh, you know, which kind of when I began to think about leaving broadcast is when they shared market research with me and we did interviews with uh, viewers and it had their name and it had their age. And if their age was over 55, we literally discontinued the interview. And I knew at the time that the average age of our viewer uh, as it is in every local television market, is about 58 to 60. So I said, you don't care about the opinion of our average viewer? And they said, well, of course we do, but advertisers do not. So we never even ask in, in market research and in focus groups uh, the opinions of people over the age of 55. And I, I was insulted by that. So I kind of spent a year becoming an amateur demographer, if you will, and reading about, you know, not just this age wave, uh, but, but how we're different, how we consume differently how we have more money than any 50-plus demographic in the history of humankind. And, and I just believed it would be an opportunity to make a difference. And, uh, and so I left. I jumped without a parachute. And you ended up writing a book. You ended up doing a, a, a series of broadcasts talking about growing bolder, obviously a spin on growing older. What do you mean by growing bolder? Uh, well, you know, growing bolder, it, it's, you know, we've, this has been a slow grind for us, Ron, to be honest with you, but it's been good because, you know, we've had to, to be very careful to, you know, defend the ground that we stand upon. We look at aging through a prism uh, of purpose and possibility instead of simply loss and limitation. We do not deny 
the reality of our mortality. Bad things happen to good people. Aging is a struggle. Being 80 is not easy, but neither is being 18 or 28 or 38. But yet we live in this overtly ageist culture that wants us to believe that as we get older, uh, our life diminishes in value. And, uh, you know, so, so we we share with people uh, the opportunity uh, that more is possible. And no matter who you are or where you are or what your condition is, and I mean literally if you're on your deathbed, I think there's always an opportunity uh, to have this what's next attitude, uh, to find the ability to extract moments of joy from our life. And uh, and you guys that are involved in caregiving know that uh, you know better than I do. Even people in the most advanced stages of dementia have the ability uh, to live in the moment and, and to experience love and joy. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of our take on aging, more is possible for all of us, no matter what our current condition is. Yeah, well, Mark, you know, if you go to your website, look at your publications, um, they're bright, they're colorful, the energy jumps off the pages. Talk a little bit about, you know, how you are using this imagery, even though the stories are about a struggle, uh, to kind of change the way we're looking at the subject. Well, well, first of all, when I and Ron will get this being a you know a guy in, in, in broadcasting. When I left the station that I worked for and told people what I was going to do, I think immediately people defaulted to thinking that it was going to be you know public affairs senior programming, and uh, it, it's not that at all. Uh, we unabashedly targeted an older demographic, but we do it in a way that appeals to people of all ages equally. Uh, and I know that sounds like a boisterous, preposterous statement, but you know it's not just anecdotal. Uh, we have people that are twenty and thirty that are just fascinated with our messaging because they've never seen it before. Uh, so, so I think in, 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 in your area, in my area, in every industry that has an age in market, a problem with media companies that target older adults is they don't do it in a way that appeals to younger people. Uh, if you're trying to sell Medicare insurance, if you're, if you're trying to sell uh, personal finance uh, policies, no matter what you are, if you don't have the ability to appeal to 40 and 50 year olds, eventually you're going to be doomed. So, uh, you know, that's why our, our, our brand resonates with energy. It, it really, really does. And it's very consistent across all platforms. So thank you for noticing that, Carol. Well, what is the difference reaching an older target audience than a younger target audience? Do the words change? The visuals change? The language change? Uh, you know, it's it, it's a delicate dance, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we, we have stopped talking about age uh, direct, as directly as we used to do that. I think if you look at what we do and you see what we do, you know, the problem is we all see ourselves psychographically as 20 or 30 years younger than we are. And if you continue to talk about the fact that you're targeting uh, a particular age or a particular uh, particular demographic cohort, you end up turning, you know, other people off. But we're all human beings. You know, we all want to finish strong. We all want to know that more is possible. We all want to uh, look ahead instead of simply looking back. So I, I think you find the definition of our brand in the stories that we tell. And I will tell you, the, the you know, the one thing that I have learned in the in the years that we have done this is that we can quote statistics. We can quote experts, and Lord knows I do both. But the only thing that ever really transforms people's lives, the only thing that has you know the ability to flip that switch is when they can see themselves in others. When they get, we, we call it someone like me. And I don't mean me, of course. I just mean when we can see ourselves in others doing something that we didn't think we could do, doing something in a way that we didn't think was possible. That's when the game changes entirely. And we have found that this holds true 
with everybody, uh, whether they're athletes or caregivers, whether they're 90 years old or 14 years old, when they when we can show them someone like the, them doing something that they'd like to do, uh, all of a sudden uh, th- their their concept of what's possible changes. I want you to share some of your stories with us in just a moment. But for folks who may have just joined us, I want you to know you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. We're talking with Mark Middleton, founder and CEO of Growing Boulder, a media background, a sportscaster, a newscaster, a morning host. And he now is in the business of helping all of us understand Growing Boulder. Carol Zerniel is with us. I'm Ron Aaron. So, Mark, share with us some of the stories that you share with others. Whatever the story is, to be honest with you, Ron, I always I always feel like I have to disclaimer, uh, give a disclaimer. It's really not about the activity that the person is involved in. It's about the fact that the person is leaning into life. It's about the fact that the person has overcome something in order to do what what what, what they're doing. And you know, it's a given. It, it, it's a given that all of us, without exception, are, are going to experience a series of health setbacks as we age, and to a large extent, uh, you know. The, the the types of interventions that are made available to us, the speed of our recovery afterwards, the extent of our recovery afterwards is determined by our overall health and well-being at the time. So we talk about people staying active, people getting involved in life, and then we talk about the, the stories that we tell are about people overcoming setbacks. And I was speaking to a national caregiving conference several years ago, and I was talking about this someone like me effect that we have. And afterwards, a caregiver came up to me, and she was a caregiver for her mother who was in her early 90s. And she said, Mark, my mother fell and broke her hip. She was the most vibrant 90-year-old that I had ever seen. And if I could have shown her someone like her, I think she'd still be alive. Because when she broke her hip, she totally transformed. And I said to her, Mom, what's wrong? And she said, Honey, nobody my age ever comes back from a broken hip to have a quality of life. Uh, and I said, I, I'm sure that happens, and I will find that person. And lo and behold, the next year, 2019 in Albuquerque at the National Senior Games, I ran into 93-year-old Dottie Gray, uh, who had fallen out of bed uh, 18 months before that and shattered her hip. Her doctors told her family, don't expect her to survive surgery. Likely she won't. Once she did, therapists told her family, do not encourage her to walk. It will end badly. Uh, but Dottie was prehabilitated because she was active. She wanted to return to the social community that surrounded track and field. Uh, and in 18 months, she was running again. Not as fast as she was, but she was running again in the National Senior Games. Uh, That's a story that I now share every time I go uh, to a caregiving conference. Uh, Another story that I share all the time is is a story about a guy by the name of Banana George, who was maybe the most famous water skier ever, a barefoot water skier who who lived here in Central Florida. And I, I developed a relationship with George, and he called me up one day when he was 93 and said, Mark, I'm going to go water skiing tomorrow morning. And I knew that George had been in bed with pneumonia for six months, a 93-year-old in bed with pneumonia for six months. Uh, and I said, George, do you think that's a good idea? And he basically almost hung up on me and said, I'm going to do it, come or not. So I showed up with a camera, uh, and George is helped from his house to the lake behind his house by two caregivers. It took him 10 minutes, literally, to walk about 100 yards. He could barely walk. They put him in a sling behind a boat at 93 years old, six months in bed with pneumonia. Uh, They drag him out on the lake. His wrists are so weak he can't hang on to this bar. He tumbles and falls into the lake and pops back up. Uh, and, and I show that to these, these group of caregivers, and I say afterwards, if George had died that day, would that have been a bad thing? And all of the heads immediately start wagging back and forth, no, 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 no. George's wife didn't want him to do that. 
Uh, his caregivers didn't want him to do that. His buddy who owned a boat said, this is what George lives to do, and he wants to do it, so I'm going to do it. So this is this is kind of where Growing Boulder has tried to establish a voice in caregiving. Uh, you know, there's really nothing we can add to the, to the, to the clinical party when you've got you know, people like Carol uh, and Dr. Jamie, who I just, just heard on your air. I mean, these are brilliant, brilliant people. But we have got to figure out a way uh, to help older adults, no matter what stage they are in, no matter what their condition is, to feel like they have some sort of autonomy. And I know this is a difficult thing to do and a difficult dance. They've got to have some sort of say in what they are doing. And obviously, you've got to keep them from killing themselves. Uh, but, 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 but autonomy is, is critically important. There is a dignity in risk. Uh, you know, where do we draw the line? You know, and I, and I know in your industry, this has transformed a whole lot in the past decade. You know, we no longer strap people to chairs, but we put them in wheelchairs too soon. I think, uh, you know, Dottie Gray is a great example of that. So I will ramble forever about stories, Ron, if, 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 if I don't stop here. But those are the kind of stories we tell uh, that, that appear uh, uh, that, that basically help older people understand that more is possible. Actually, we'd like to hear some more and we'll come back to you to do that in just a couple of moments. I want to hear about your uh, time in the pool as well. Swimming as a senior, a master award winner, world record holder. Hadn't been in the water for some 30 years, and you went back in. We'll find out why. You're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Stick with us. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times But whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. We appreciate you sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernia. We're talking with Mark Middleton. Uh, Mark is the founder and CEO of Growing Boulder, a media entrepreneur who has a number of Emmy Awards he won in broadcasting, was a sportscaster, was a news anchor, and now is in a business of trying to paint the stories of people who are doing neat stuff. <laughs> Speaking of painting... You do paint in your off hours, but you're also a seven-time Masters Swimming World Record holder. How does that happen? You swam as a kid, and you're swimming again. I, I did. I swam until I graduated in college, uh, and, and back then, nobody continued to swim. You were done when, when college was done, and I, and I literally, Ron, didn't get in a pool for 30 years. Um, but I was inspired by the people that we do stories on, to, to tell you the truth, and, and I became you know, a passionate advocate of, of what Growing Boulder preaches all the time, and I mentioned it earlier, and that is prehabilitation. Uh, if you don't like the word exercise, uh, you, folks, you, you, you should adopt the word prehabilitation because uh, we all need to prepare for the health setbacks that we will all face. And it doesn't take a lot, but, uh, you know, one research study after another, it is an incontrovertible fact now uh, that, that, that active movement and physical exercise is critically important to the way we're all going to age. So that's really why I got back into it. And I never planned on competing, to be honest with you, but I ran into a guy by the name of Rowdy Gaines, who's a three-time Olympic uh, gold medalist and the voice of, of swimming worldwide, and became friends with Rowdy. And Rowdy said, you know, Mark, you should 
be on a relay team with us. So um, he invited me to swim on a relay team with with, with he, himself and a guy named Martin Zubero, who was a 1992 Olympic gold medalist in backstroke, and another guy who was an Olympian. Wow! Uh, and me. <laughs> and uh, so the first relay that I swam in with these guys, we set a world record, and uh, <laughs> I was kind of hooked. But what really hooked me, to be honest with you, is, is is the community, the camaraderie. So much so that Growing Boulder is now the official media partner uh, of the National Senior Games. There's 20, 25 different sports in the National Senior Games. And when I went to the National Senior Games and kind of negotiated this deal, I said, I have no interest in who gets first, second, or third. We are not coming to report results. We're coming to share the stories because it is shooting fish in a barrel, if you will, in terms of people who are leaning into life, who are overcoming open heart surgery or breast cancer or obesity. We did a story on a woman by the name of Vivian Stancil this year who is uh, in her late 70s, maybe early 80s, 100% blind. Uh, She was obese, and her doctor told her if she didn't lose 100 pounds, she'd be dead within five years. So she did the thing that frightened her the most, and that was jump into a pool and learn to swim. She never had an opportunity to swim. And now here's Vivian Stancil, who is not a good swimmer, and that would not offend her at all. But she's walking the deck at the national championships, at the national senior games, having to be led around the deck by people who help her. Someone points to the water and says, that's where you dive. And and she swims, and she is just so involved invigorated and such an example for everybody so those are the stories that we extract from the national senior games the kind of stories that lead all of us to think we really don't have an excuse that more is possible so i'm curious you know you the the space where you're talking to the older person themselves and demonstrating this what kind of reaction do you get from caregivers are 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 caregivers as a group more cautious is it harder to you know you were talking about risk um, you know, do they embrace what you're saying or do you feel that risk adverse uh, coming out? You know, it's a great question. I have to be honest with you. I've been stunned by the 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 excited response to what we talk about by caregivers. I just I met a friend here in Orlando and she asked me to speak to a regional conference here. I did. Uh, and that beget another talk, uh, talk which beget another, which beget another. Uh, and so it, to answer your question, in terms of frontline caregivers, I'm not 100 percent sure, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't think they keep asking me back to these big conferences if the administrators <laughs> didn't, weren't comfortable with what I said. But the frontline caregivers cannot eat it up and up because it's a message that they can relate to as well. It's not just about the people that they care for. Uh, it's about them being able to continue to extract joy out of their life. And, and you know, I guess to put a really broad point on what we're trying to do at Growing Boulder, what we're trying to bring to the party uh, in caregiving is very similar to what we're trying to do with the culture of aging is general. Uh, in general, I get that caregiving is difficult. I get that caregiving is stressful. It can be unhealthy. Uh, It it can be one of the greatest challenges of life. It can also be an incredible blessing and an incredible opportunity. And I think we have to help people understand uh, that it's messy business. Uh, It's never perfect. And that's okay. Uh, You know, you do the best you can. uh, You help people the best you can. uh, and, and, And you figure out a way to make it this relationship that you establish, something that brings great value to your life. I, I don't think that that is impossible to do. Uh, you know, everybody talks about growing bolder, and uh, they're surprised when they, when they learn that I love, one of my favorite conversations is, is end of life. I like to talk about, you know, trying to orchestrate a good death, no matter what your situation is. If you're not going to get hit by a bus, I want to figure out 
how I can fight as long as I can, as hard as I can. But I hope I'm fortunate enough to be able to surrender at some point uh, and then be able to orchestrate and surround myself with the things that make that transition something that's great. These are conversations that our culture doesn't like to have. I love to talk about caregiving. I love to talk about destigmatizing Alzheimer's. I, You know, we live in Florida. Uh, in 2025, there's going to be 720,000 residents in the state of Florida with Alzheimer's, 24% of the entire population over the age of 65. I mean, this is a freight train coming at us. Uh, uh, so what Growing Boulder is trying to do, while you guys are doing your best to make it better for the people that have these conditions, we're trying to back out and let people know that it has been proven now uh, that 40% of all, all Alzheimer's cases can be slowed or prevented by eight modifiable lifestyle risks. You know, we all have more control over our future health care than we know. And this is the message that we're trying to take to everybody. If we're going to slow this onslaught of frail elderly that's coming at us, we have all got to realize that we are all our own primary care provider, surrounded by great physicians, surrounded by great therapists, surrounded by great technology, amazing medicine. It's better than ever. What are the, the only ones that, what, what are the modifiable risks? Uh, you know, it's the things that it's the things that you would expect. It's, uh, you know, uh, not smoking at all, uh, limited drinking, uh, improving your diet, physical exercise, avoiding stress, avoiding <laughs> obesity. Uh, yes. social engagement. You know, we all learned this from the pandemic. I, I think there's been 140 studies that say that low social engagement is more harmful to our health as we age than, than, than smoking or alcoholism, which is, is certainly not an excuse to do either. Uh, but we have got to figure out a way to connect people. Growing Boulder, uh, we, we did the first ever, we, we put together a the Among Us Intergenerational National Championship. Uh, <laughs> We called it a national championship. We had an adult and, and the adult's parent playing among us online, streaming live on Twitch. Uh, why did we do that? Why, why did we undertake that? Because social gaming is going to be critically important to the health and well-being of older adults in the future. I think that every senior living community in the world is going to have a social gaming initiative uh, because we can connect people. They can play games. They can talk. You know, it's all right there. What do you, what, what, at Growing Boulder, we just say we don't have to be all that creative and invent new stuff. We just got to do what's working for younger people and push it into, in, into an older demographic because older people are smarter, cooler, and hipper than most people realize. And if they're not not today, they will be tomorrow because this aging market in everything is transforming, you know, uh, overnight. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm listening to you, Mark, I'm hearing a couple of threads. One is this idea of of throwing out, you know, this this separateness that we, you know, we put age over here. We, we talk about it differently as opposed to integrate it into life and integrate it into society. You know, but the other thing that I'm hearing is how dangerous the story we're telling ourselves it about oh. old age. Um, you know, you and I have talked about how aging is cultural, right? In Asian countries, people get up and down from the floor, no problem, because that's what they do. Nobody told them it's hard to get off the floor. Uh, you know, that's where they're sitting and having their meal. <laughs> and, and so it's, and we lose our hearing in the United States, which doesn't happen in other countries that don't have the high decibels, that don't have the noise pollution that we have. And so this story of, 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 you know, you can't or this is what aging is and putting it in a box is so dangerous if we buy into that. And what you're showing is that there's something different out there. It's not you're not in a box. I, I love it. You know, we had for the first time, a, uh, I guess, maybe 
two months ago now, uh, the Growing Boulder's first ever Wisdom Walk. Had no idea what to expect, but we invited people in the Central Florida community of all ages, come alone, come with your three and four generation family, come if you're 90, come if you're 18, come if you're six. We had people in strollers and people in wheelchairs. Uh, we, we, we put them all together and they walked a mile just a simple mile and we had prompts signs throughout the course saying you know what are your biggest fears you know what are your biggest dreams and then we interviewed them all when they came back and it was just so cool to see these people get together and realize that older people know stuff and younger people know stuff and you know you you are absolutely right i mean we've got to figure out a way especially in this culture that we live in now you know to bring people together uh, and and not isolate seniors because when we do that bad things happen so mark we got about a minute left you understand time cues in broadcasting how can people read see and hear what you're doing and what you're producing well, I appreciate that. I think if you go to growingbolder.com, uh, you know, you can um, look at what we're doing. Uh, we, we've got a, a monthly digital digest of 32, 42 pages, which is just great stuff, free free to receive. Uh, we push out a, a a daily bold start, which is just a single meme. We get more feedback on that than just about anybody, uh, anything that we do. Uh, we have a television show on 300 uh, public broadcasting stations throughout the country called Growing Boulder. If you're in Florida, we have a show called what's next in all 11 markets it's a commercial show that airs weekly and uh we've got over a million followers on facebook uh we have all things just started a tiktok channel uh just because just because uh you know we want to be there we want to be everywhere so it's easy to find us and i think ron the answer is just go to growingbolder.com i was going to say that's the big wrap thank you very much mark middleton thanks for joining us on caregiver sos on air for carol zernial i'm ron aaron we'll talk with you soon right here on caregiver sos on air Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com